Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaks to Son. No shooting angle. Kulisevsky finds one. And finds the net as well. Well, Christian Romero venturing forward from centre-back is there to turn that in. Hoypier and Kulisevsky deal with him. Now Bentancourt glides away from a couple of Brighton players. And he gets the pass right for Kane. Goal-scoring position. Kane scores it. That is expert from Harry Kane. An attack with pace and precision. Finished off by the top scorer. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you keep been very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur. Getting back to winning ways in the Premier League up at Brighton, up at the Amex. So thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify or Audio Boom because we're on your different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we are joined by a real A-star panel for tonight. Listen, it's a late night show. We've got some wonderful late night guests joining us on The Last Word on Spurs. First up. I've got two of Britain's great, great actors. Listen, the double duo, I've got them on here. We've got the brilliant firstly, Ricky J. Norwood here. Ricks, how are you? Lovely to have you back on. I'm alive We've now. Got you. Thanks, We've got thanks you. for having me back on, Rob. It's always, it's always an honour and a pleasure to be back on, and especially talking about a win. Cannot wait to get into it tonight. Come on, you Spurs. Back to winning ways. Absolutely. And also back, I've heard they're called you know, the, this duo. You know, you can't mess around with them. We've got the wonderful, also back on the show, Darren Hartman. Darren, how are you? You well? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. When we're winning, I'm very, very good. And it's a great panel to be on. So, yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight. I did warn people, if the game weren't good, the show was going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you both on. And also joining us, listen, she needs no introduction. She tells it as it is, as you guys know. We've been, there's been, I can tell you, this, la- this lady we've got on, there's been calls for her to come back on since Matt Doggerty broke back into the Spurs side. So you asked, we delivered. We've got the brilliant Talia Corrin with us. Talia, lovely to have you here. How are you? <laughs> I think Talia's hey, speechless. I'm saying nothing. You said Doggerty. You've got her angry already. <laughs> come on. Give me a five-minute warm-up. I can't just go straight into killing me. Come on, give me a bit of time. 
But no, I'm back. I'm ready. I am happy to be here as always. So thank you. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. You know, I've got two great actors here, got Rick and got some great <laughs> feedback. So I'm in trouble. <laughs> listen, we've got a full staff panel for tonight. Was in what was really a really decent performance from Tottenham. And uh, listen, let's come over to Darren to start this on. Darren, it's a big three points for Spurs this evening. It's a Kane breaking more records. Romero's class being shown. Uh, the two new boys from January, of course, Spencer Cure and Kulisewski looking impressive once again. It's a six-successive defeat for Brighton, but for Spurs, hopefully now the start of a really important run. Listen, it's it's again, it's back in our hands. If you asked us at the weekend, it felt like everything had fell apart. Suddenly, a win and results going our way, it's all back in our hands. We can do this. We can do this. And look, I'm excited again. And that's the thing about being a Spurs fan. We go on the roller coaster. And last week, we were on the down. This week, we're on the up. It's mental, but we love it. That's why we're here. That's why we've all got the colours on. Everyone's hiding a bit of Spurs merch. We're all there. We're all there holding it pride. But it's, it's on, mental. It's mental what they do to us. It's mental. But look, today is a good day. Today, there are lots of positives. I've, I've been raving about Ben Tacor from the minute he put on the shirt. The minute, well, the minute he was announced he was coming our way. And we're starting to see a little bit of a partnership building. Him and Hoybier is starting to look a little bit more efficient in the middle of the park. And look, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, Darren, to, you know, try and get two carry. Bearing in mind, we know Spurs is win-loss, 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 win-loss. We have got West Ham on the weekend, so hopefully that is not coming next in terms of uh, the way that ratio is going. Uh, Tal, coming over to you, um, as we've just mentioned there, Spurs' kind of alternating run of the win-loss run continues. It was a good value, though, win for Spurs. And we were the better team, I felt, on the night. We missed quite a number of chances to win by a bigger margin. Uh, you know, although Brighton improved in that second half, Spurs did defend thoroughly well. And do you think, Tao, in your opinion, deserve those three points? I think definitely. I think, you know, as far as wins go, I would never say there's a comfortable win being a Spurs fan because I think unless you're winning 6-0, there's always a chance that we're conceding or there's going to be late nerves. But I think today there wasn't anything too threatening. Like they had, you know, they did show up at different points, but I think overall we were definitely the better side should have been 3-0 up at half time and in that second half I mean Reggie missed a couple of unreal chances which I'm sure we'll touch on but and a few others so I think for sure you know we should definitely have had the points in the bag and it would have been really unacceptable if we hadn't have got that so yeah I think well deserved and like we said we need to go on a bloody good run now. Most certainly, we do need to go on a really good run now. I suppose I have any chance still of that top four. Uh, you may see me looking down. We're just obviously seeing uh, Antonio Conte's uh, post-match press conference uh, news coming into us. So we'll bring that to you live. And as we get it, Rick's coming around to you. Uh, Spurs came the record breaker now. And they are still Spurs somehow. We discussed this just off here a couple of minutes ago. Still Spurs are somehow, Rick's within touching distance of a top four finish. If they had taken their big chances, it could have easily been mm. another win, such as the Everton and Leeds result. But um, the challenge now, again, is West Ham to come on Sunday. Spurs up to seventh on the same points as West Ham, two points behind fifth place United on an evening, which has also seen Arsenal get beat. <laughs> Feelings, Rick, overall. <laughs> Feelings, I just slipped that in there. Feelings overall, Rick. You know what? It, <laughs> it's even better when it's even sweeter when they lose, isn't it? Um, you know what? I, you know what? It's great. Uh, it's, it's to jump on what Darren said, really, you know. We've had a mad roller coaster, and as our friend Lee McQueen always talks about the crazy train, it really has been a crazy train this this season so far. And you know the highs, the lows. Every time that we think that we've fallen, and then we get back up, and they drag us back in. Do you know what I mean? And then we're on the run again. And 
it's it, it is a, a lot of heartache it is a, i mean it's, it's it's been nuts it's been nuts but look we're back in it like you said we're, there's an opportunity there for us now it's about whether these boys now they want to fight for it whether they want to fight for it because it's in their hands now they've got to play west ham we've got to play gunas at some point you know like we it, 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 if you know the premiership is a crazy beast it's a crazy beast when you're supposed to win you don't win you know and that's not just us that's like the, the whole league so look we've opened up a window again of opportunity it's about breaking that duck on sunday and uh, not getting the loss getting another win and it's time to move forward with it but um yeah bro i was i'm always happy when we win even happy yeah. when we win there was a yeah. couple of niggles here and there that i'm sure we'll chat about that i think you know we we got to keep an eye on but apart from that three points in the bag let's get it going yeah, absolutely. Um, as I must say, Antonio Conte is holding his post-match press conference, so we'll bring you a live reaction as and when we get it. Uh, and that's feeding to us here. Um, firstly, Graham Potter said on the game that hard work is the answer in terms of their current run of form. The effort was there, but you can see the difference in quality between the two sides, to be fair. Um, you have to credit the opponent and the way Spurs played. They've got some top quality players, and that was the difference, and you could see the quality was there for all to see. Uh, Conte said on the game, I think the it was a good performance. In the last period, I'm seeing a good improvement. In the last few games, we've scored a lot of goals. It means that we are improving and we are trying to go in another step to try and be very close at the top of the table. Uh, Darren, we'll probably come on to more in terms of what that win does mean in terms of the top four. But um, is that the right direction Spurs are showing under Conte and what was obviously a frustrating defeat to Man United? Are you pleased with the way the club bounced back? Yeah, I think let's let's look at the win. Just getting the win was important today. There were moments in the game, especially when we started off, I felt personally we looked very nervy. There was a lot of short passes to each other. There, it was, there were a lot of hospital balls being played around the park. And then suddenly we got our foot on the ball. When Kane missed that, that chance that we all put our house on Kane when he ran the keeper and we said, there's the goal. And it didn't happen. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be one of those games. Thankfully, it wasn't. And yeah, we are moving in the direction we needed to from the, the Man United game. Because let's be real, I know you guys covered it. I watched the show. It, it was a Ronaldo show. We didn't want to do what we do to teams like Brighton, where we give them a moment to look good. And that's what we didn't do today. Don't get me wrong. They had opportunity to get a goal or to put pressure on us. But we didn't give a moment to look good. And that was what I enjoyed today. There was a lot of hard work at the back. Reglon was throwing himself in. Dyer was throwing himself in. There was lots of good work in the play. And I was like, yep, it's what we do. It's what we needed to do. And that's why this result was massive mentally for those yeah. 11 out there. It's a mental one for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you, Darren. You know, Spurs, I think everything is to do with mentality right now, isn't it? Where you look at, you know, trying to go on a run psychologically. I think, as we saw, Spurs, when Conte came through the door, those nine unbeaten um, games in the Premier League, if Spurs can try and formulate a run like that between now and the end of the season, I still can't believe I'm saying this on the back of United, but they're still... Darren, they're the, the, the budget for. There's no reason why Spurs can't go on a run. Uh, now, interestingly, as I said, Conte is currently holding his uh, post-match press conference. Um, he has gone on coming around to you, Tao. He, he goes on to say, currently on our January signings, that uh, to see Benton, Kieran, Decky go into the team so quickly has been great for us. I said to you, after these two new signings, we are more complete. 
We needed a player like Rodrigo. Don't forget Winksy because he's also a reliable player. But Kulisevsky is showing to be a fantastic prospect at 22 years old. You can see that he's strong physically, a good talent, and they are helping us a lot. And I think it's fair to say, Tal, that the um, the January signings made, again, all the difference this evening, didn't they? 100%. I think, you know, that, that first couple of games where they came on, everyone was very much like, Ben Tanker looks so good, not sure about Kulu. And I think from then it's just like kind of diminished. And now everyone is so on board with both of them. I mean, today and most games since, Bentenko is such a big upgrade for us. Um, he has such good footwork. His ability to pass is really good. He covers a lot of space. He just looks like a really good all-round player. And I think he's adapted so quickly um, in the middle as well, just to do bits and pieces. And I think over time, he will definitely be a really good player. And I think Decky as well. I mean, he's been involved in so many goals and assists. And I think, you know, when you look, I don't know if you saw it the other day, you know, we've literally got like Kane Sun and own goals. We don't have yeah. any other players that contribute to the level that they should do. And, you know, he's come in and actually been involved with multiple goals and assists already. And I think that's a really exciting prospect for us because it's something that we needed, we lacked. And again, it's it's an immediate change, right? It's not the Lacelsos of the world that have come in and have taken time to adapt and you see little glimpses of something, but it's not enough. Both of these players have come in and got the ball rolling straight away and that's something we really bloody needed and thank goodness yep. it's working out. And I think it's a steal money-wise as well, especially like mm. Ben Tanker, it's what, like 19 mil or something. And yep. I saw before, like Juve couldn't score a goal tonight. They needed players like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny, isn't it? Can we take more of the, can we take more of their cast offs, please? And that is, I mean, like I say, that that point there we say, um, it is about bringing players in that are ready to hit the Premier League straight away. And to be there, those two have been absolutely brilliant. Um, and this is what the comments have come in here. This is where from uh, the Iron Dome. It says we have. So, can we please have some more Juve cast offs, please? Paratigi. Bentacur's assist to Kane was so filthy. He led the keeper out of goal and completely stranded. Uh, ben Hodgson said, I think we need to get the ball in the space in front of fullbacks more. Seemed to pass beyond Brighton. But when Kane played them past his second half, Regulon looked a lot more dangerous. Uh, Naz at I am Black Duck says, Romero played an excellent game today. He showed his confidence going forward to help the attacking player. I'm hoping we'll see more of this in the future. Um, coming back around to you, Darren, in terms of the team, um, we will touch upon Conte's press conference more as that's still ongoing at the moment. Uh, we named an unchanged team to face Brighton. We should obviously stress that remaining out for Spurs was the injured Oliver Skip, who's still uh, suffering with that groin injury. Japhet Tanganga still, unfortunately, out of a knee injury. And alongside Ryan Sessignon, who's currently nursing a hamstring injury again, I think a four to six week time frame has been mentioned on Sessignon. So that team read Lloris Romero, Dyer Davies, Doherty, Benton Cure, Hoybier, Regulon, Kulisevsky, Kane Son, with Bench of Galini, Emerson, Roden, Sanchez, Winks, White, Bergvine, Lucas Scarlett. Farron, happy with the team when that came out? Unchanged yet again from Conte? Yeah, it's it is the best we have right now. It is the one that you've got the most confidence in, and that's what we're gonna have to play with right now. And I think that's why I said about the mental performance what he did mentally for those 11 because we needed a performance from them we needed a winning mentality from them and they need to get a result together they need to grind it out get the win to get the confidence back because this this side has got a lot of ability this side has got a lot to take apart many and many a team and when we play at our full tilt at our full capacity we beat a lot of teams out there but when we have elements of the side that aren't playing well we look really really bad because we're not the finished article. And every part of that machine needs to work at a certain level. And when we have the Doherty, the Regulons, who are not quite firing, when in the centre of the park, if 
Hoyer's having a horrible one or if we've got winks in there and it's all not working, suddenly it falls apart. If Sun goes missing, the game doesn't work. And that's why every element has to click. And I think that's why Conte, I think he's very right in his notion about our new signings. As we've gone around the panel, we've said, these two have come into a team that needed an uplift. And they are exactly that. They're an uplift on what we have. Now it gives our bench a little bit more weight. And suddenly, when you bring a player on, you're a little bit more confident. You're not scratching your head going, who are we going to bring on? We can't bring anybody on because no one back there can provide anything new. Suddenly, we've got a lot of pace on our bench now. We've got a lot of attacking mentality on our bench now. We also have defenders now on our bench, which we... OK, Romero, I know there's lots of issues and ups and downs about him, but he's still a presence. He's still someone who can come and do a job. And I think with that 11, Conte is showing this is the best he's got right now. And I love, I, I'm, I'm a fan of what he's saying and we'll get on to Conte chat later. But yeah. I think that 11 is what the best that we can do with right now. And I'm happy with it. Yeah. Uh, come around to you, Rick. I mean, it's fair to say that first half, it, it just felt like Spurs started actually quite well. But in typical Spurs style, we kind of almost went into our shell. Um, and inevitably Spurs did actually go and get the opening goal of the game. Harry Kane, uh, well, I must have said before this, did actually steal it off the Brighton keeper, but failed to score into an empty net, and it, it, the goal was gaping, Rick. So at that point, was you concerned because we said started well, then faded? Uh, although Kane obviously did get on the score sheet subsequently later, a massive opportunity early doors, Rick, to put us one ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I say about like enjoying the win, regardless of who we're playing, because a lot of the time we will say something like, you know, Brighton haven't won in five games, oh, and we'll put ourselves down. But with this roller coaster wide, you have to enjoy the win because when that game started and Kane's rounded the keeper and could have, should have scored. And we was on them when we started well. I I did. I was a little bit worried where I was like, well, oh, like, is it going to be one of those games? You know, um, I've got to admit that every time, not so much within the, within the box, but every time Brighton went forward, they, look, they looked like they could do something. But today, I think the defence really showed up, you know, especially that back five. We got, I think Brighton's plan was to get us on set pieces because that's been our weakest point, whether it be, you know, crosses or corners. And they got a lot of crosses and they got a lot of corners. Um, but we defended them well. Um, and I, I think that was an improvement there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it was a bit shaky. I mean, again, like I, I know we'll get on. I mean, I'm going to leave the kind of Doherty analysis to Talia, but... Yeah, I agree, I agree. <laughs> But but you know he did play within his shell a little bit. He he you know he has we have seen improved performances in the last couple, but again a bit within his 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 shell and you know passing to Brighton players trying to do the little kind of pass around the corner to get the one two, but ending up passing it straight to a Brighton player. So then they would counter on us. So they did look dangerous, and so there there is a lot that we should take from this team. The fact that we defended well, the fact that that midfield, midfield uh, held together, the fact that every time that we, we did break, it was a dangerous opportunity. Like Talia yeah. said, it could have been three, four, five, you know, nil at half time. You know, we could have finished that game five, six, seven, you know? Yeah. So um, there's a lot to take from that team. The way that we defended, the way that we controlled midfield and our patient, patient play, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wish it would be quicker sometimes, but, Today, it was very controlled, very patient. And you've got to be happy with that. Yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, generally the team you're playing also dictates the way in which you're trying to break down a team. And, you know, I think Brighton, to be fair, listen, they, I know it's their sixth successive defeat. 
but they're not a poor side. You know, Brighton have been no. in a, a top half side for you know quite an, you know quite a number of the period of the Premier League this season. So um, listen, I know they're on a terrible run at the moment. It's a game you would expect Spurs to win when you compare the quality of the two squads. But you still got to get there and get the job done. And for me personally, I think we're at that point in the season at the business end where I don't really care how Spurs win. We've now just got to find a way to go on a run. And I'm sure we can all agree to that. Uh, Tal, coming over to you. Um, I know this is driving people insane. That uh, Harry Kane, there was a Harry Kane free kick alert in that first half where, uh, again, everyone's like, beep, beep, beep. I just, obviously, they obviously don't look at social media that much because every time Kane's on a free kick, the outcry, I'm just saying, get him off, get him off. I just funny about this. Dyer at one point, you can see Dyer was visibly telling it. Kane, go <laughs> I was saying, go away, but Kane still got his way. I mean, and it went over the bar. I mean, Tal, should we be doing more to get Kane off these free kicks? I literally shouted in the lounge. I went, I'll give you 100 quid if Kane scores. Like, just flat out, because I'm that confident. He's just not going to do it. And it pisses me off so much, because he's so good. But he can't score free kicks. He can't do it. Dyer is 10 times better than Kane. Just let him have a go. Like, just be like, do you know what, mate? have a go like if you've yeah. got the last one fair enough but we go over the same thing every week or every time there's a free kick it's just not for you Kane like honestly take all the pens in the world no one yeah. would ever grab the ball off you but a free kick just don't do it like it's hitting the wall it's going over nine times out of ten it's not a shot on target so just it's frustrating and I think it's the one thing what for years we've all discussed. If we were threatening at set pieces, would be a different team. And unfortunately, Kane and the, the free kicks is part of that problem. I just want Dyer to grow a few balls and just be like, look, just give me one shot. <laughs> and hopefully he gets it in and that's the end. Of the it's, just, it's just baffling based on obviously his conversion rate of the one against Villa. I mean, again, forgive me if, I, if I'm missing any there, you know, how he's getting on those free kicks. I mean, again, I just... In the summer, Spurs... Like you win the argument. Like, on the pitch, how does he get the ball? It's just like, no one no says to be like, yeah, all right, H, you can have it. Like, why does everyone let him? The captain's armband. He's pulling rank. That's what he did. <laughs> like He's trying to play under captain up here. Like, Hugo's back there. Hugo should be running forward going, step away, blood. But no, again, look, this, this is why this is why we've got this is why Larice is a this is why captains for me should be guys in the centre of the park that are dictating, right? But I mean, yeah, that's another story. Leave the ball alone. <laughs> <laughs> On the pitch, though, Kane does operate like he's captain. Yeah, anytime yeah. there's a free kick, he's right in the ref face, having a big chat. I'm like, Kane, yeah. back up, man, back up. So this is another moment, Kane, back up, man, back up. Give it someone else. It's true. Like, imagine if you had a Ward Prowse vibe and like you actually got excited every time you had a free kick. We're yeah. all like, oh, like it's, no <laughs> it's like the total opposite. You should be like, yes, a set piece, and we're like, oh, we should, we should be excited. The things we it's, should it's be true. excited, and we just not. We know what's coming. Um, Darren, let's talk about the positive side of Harry Kane because Spurs did go eventually uh, one in front. It was um, so, well. We'll talk about Kane. Kane's going to set, but Spurs did eventually go one in front. Sontin at Kulisevsky, his low shot deflected uh, off Romero, who claimed his first goal for the club in really extraordinary fashion. But let's be honest, the way we're going in terms of our run, we don't really care who gets on the score sheet. We just want Spurs to go ahead. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, weirdest goal. Like a lot of people have said in the comments, it's like the ball was in slow motion. I couldn't understand. Like even the crowd didn't know whether to react or not. It was the weirdest one ever. And for Romero, it's like, get on the score sheet. But we needed the goal. I think it's interesting, like, we spoke about the passing in that first first period of the game. 
I think what happened, obviously, Brighton are a good side. As much as people said seven games, they've been on a losing run for. However, what Spurs did in that first, we were nervy. And there were a lot of those passes yeah. where everyone was handing back responsibility. So the ball would get passed, they would hand it back to the person. No one wanted to make the mistake. No one wanted to be the one who did the bad pass. And I think that's why when Kane went through and he didn't score, our hearts were in our mouths. And then when that one went in, we needed that little bit of luck just to calm everyone down and to settle everybody down and go, look, guys, we're 1-0 up, trust yourself, trust the game plan, we can do this. And then we started to see more. And I think that goal there, as crazy as it was, was exactly what we needed at that point. And Romero needed to go. I've got to talk more about Romero later. Just don't let me yeah, forget no, because Romero and me, we're, we're in love, but I'm frightened. Yeah, Wait, it's funny you say that, Darren. We'll I come back. A couple points. We'll come back round to Romero in just a second because um, you know it's two goals in a row coming over to you, Ricks. Where um, for Spurs, it's caused by Romero being a real nuisance in the opposition team box. I know what Darren's going to come on to in a second in terms of uh, the fear he's given us. But um, is there an element now where he is becoming that real dynamic threat in the opposition box? Oh, I mean, he's been doing it for a couple of games now, but he's starting to perfect the run. Up there, and he's starting to make sure that those that have the ball can see him as an option. Now, whether that's to cross to, whether that's for an overlap, you know, he put in a really nice ball. I can't remember who it was for. I'm going to guess it, Kulusevski, but he was on the edge of the box and he just passed a really nice kind of. Um, it was. It looked slow, but it couldn't have been. Do you know what I mean? Because it passed a couple of Brighton players and got through to. I think was Kulusevski at that point. So he's got vision, and he's a he is an intelligent player. There are a couple of niggles. I'll wait until Darren's done with Romero before I jump in as well. There were a couple of niggles tonight. But again, it was one of those where he could have been man of the match tonight as well. He could have been one of those that were man of the match because he did run the game, you know, for a, and run that defence for a long time. Um, like I say, a couple of niggles. I want to go into it, but I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm going I'm to I'm let Hartman go first on him. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But yeah, but like he's a, he is a bit of a Rolls Royce. He is a diamond of a defender. Um, he's definitely something to build around, you know. Yeah. And um, oh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. Tao, I mean, how, how important for you was the timing of that goal in that game? Because you just felt Spurs generally they were just starting to lose. I would say control of the game in that first half weren't really pressing with much ascendancy. You felt like the game after we started so well was slowly going back into that meander where yeah. are we going to start taking advantage of the opposition? It was, I think for me, it was important to score at that time. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think boring is, is quite an appropriate word. Like we were watching it being like, it was quite boring. You know, we started strong and you're like, Oh, you know, expect big things because you actually had pressure on. You're like, right, this is the right attitude. And then that kind of just diminished over the first 15, 20 minutes. And it got to that point where you're a bit like, bit boring isn't it like a bit dry that you know there was nothing exciting to watch they were kind of just building momentum very slowly and we were patiently just having a few passes and it was a bit like it's going to be one of them like a one nil vibe and you don't want that especially in a game against Brighton no disrespect to them but you know we wanted to be that team that started in the first minute where we were like yeah bang on the money but actually it, it went backwards so I think it was definitely what we needed to be like right come on there's opportunities here to go out and score a few goals, not just get a one and kind of sit back. So yeah. I think it did come at a good time. Um, yeah, I think it was quite weird in some places. Like I said, the goal was a bit weird in itself. I think that Bentanko nearly like had a shot at one point. And that was a bit weird as well. Um, like own goal vibe. <laughs> but it was all a bit of a, a strange 
beginning of the game, I think. But it was. We my, scored my goal, so yeah. it went yeah. in the right direction, and that's what matters. But I do that's think right. boring was quite an appropriate. <laughs> You know, it's funny, before uh, Darren comes in on 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 Christian Romero, uh, quite literally two foots in, um, Antonio, Conte, <laughs> Antonio Conte has had his say on uh, Christian Romero. He says he has a lot of room for improvement. He has, he, he has to have the desire to continue to improve and ask from within himself much more. It's down to him and for the manager to help him in a good way and a bad way. So Conte, hopefully taking some responsibility there. I hope he's referring to himself and not a different manager. Well, that's weird. That that's yeah, that, that is exactly the words. He says it's down to him and for the manager to help him in a good way and a bad way. Almost referring to himself in the third person. He's getting his role there. Like, who am I? Sorry, so I have a job here. Well, I can tell you Darren won't forget his current role in the team. Uh, Darren, you've obviously got some slight reservations on Christian Romero. Tell us overall. No, me you and Romero. Well, firstly, me and defenders. I, I love defenders. That's, that's kind of where my, my, my head goes first. Yeah. I'm always analysing the back. I'm, I'm always, that's me. That's my thing. So. Looking at Romero, I love him. When we signed him, I was very excited to have him. My concerns were, is what he's showing me now. He likes to steal the ball. That's one thing of the defender. He likes to get in front and nick it. However, there are certain times where he makes the wrong call. And he goes in at the wrong time. And people spoke about the aggression. We don't want to lose the aggression. Someone said, we don't want to do what we did to Delhi. Totally agree with you. But what I want Romero to start doing is using this a bit more. What he's doing is he's playing a lot with this and he's not thinking here. And sometimes he like there was a tackle he did where he lost, he was trying to break out of defense, he lost the ball and hacked down whoever it was. There was no need. The guy was going in the opposite direction. Let him go. Frozen the brother. Let him go. He's not coming back. It's fine. Let it be. But he doesn't. He can't help himself. And I think those moments there for me are the needless bookings that he will get. Mm -hmm. And someone said about he will get suspended. For me, I don't mind that in the defender picking up five yellow cards. But when yeah. you pick up nonsense yellow cards that are unnecessary, then you miss an Arsenal game, a West yeah. Ham game, a, a Man City yeah. game. That's yeah. when as a manager... We, we need him. We what, need him. Yeah, He's so that's crucial. what Conte, I hope, is referencing. As yeah. a manager, I need to help him with that because there are moments when you go, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I know you're aggressive. I know you're that kind of player. But if you can't be sensible with that, you're a problem for me now. And that's what I'm watching with Romero. He's a natural leader in that defence. It yep. cracked me up at one point where the language barrier still isn't there. Brighton did a really terrible free kick and he could have let it go. And he went for the header and you saw Dyer screaming at him, clearly leave it or you're free, did not translate. And he did the header and then everyone was upset with him. But I think these moments are going to come. He's growing into being our leader and that's what we need in our back, back three. And I think he's made Dyer a better player. And he's made Davis a better player. Because yeah. when he brings the ball out, you suddenly look at Ben Davis and he doesn't have to do it every time. He was doing it a lot too, he was doing it too much for me. Now he can give and go, they can shift it between them. There's a rotation in that back three, and I like it. As you can see, it's yeah. working because we're getting clean sheets now. Yeah, you're right. Three and the last four. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Oh, that, that's, yeah. that's that's the proof in the pudding that it's yeah. all starting to click together. But yeah. if Romero suspended, there's a problem. Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. Interesting again, just to touch upon the defence generally, um, Eric Dyer took a massive whack to the to the head early on. He required some treatment. I know, uh, you know, again, Molpe in the first half, that again is a, 
there was definitely a slight elbow from him as well in that first half. Again, mm-hmm. you know, speculation as to whether he should have still been on the field. He got a booking for that. It was quite nasty. Uh, ben Davis, again, as you mentioned, uh, Darren, a real solid display overall. Made a great, terrific last-ditch challenge, really, to stop Brighton in an attack in the Spurs box at a crucial moment in that game. Um, Matt Doherty, uh, I mean, look at my eyes, completely go to Talia. <laughs> You know, not many chances, to be fair, for Matt to attack him. But listen, I think defended well in the last 10. Uh, Regulon, some sloppy moments. But Tal, not to emphasise it on Matt Doherty, but overall, fullback-wise, do you think this is an area that if Conte is going to remain at the club beyond the summer, it's got to be an area that we look to improving because you still feel, you know, Regulon and Doherty, they're still not really producing enough creativity, are they, down those flanks for us? They are both absolutely not good enough. I think one more than the other. Do I one what was coming though? Is it absolutely? <laughs> the thing is, right, Regulon started really well. You know, when he first got it, he was great. And everyone was like, right, he's a proper player, really exciting. And then I think over time, he has just lost that ability a little bit. And then I think now he obviously had COVID, got dropped. And then we had Cess. And Cess was making too many mistakes, bless him. And now... It seems to have turned again and Reggie's back. And I think we're a little bit like, oh, he's so much better. Like there's so many more opportunities down the wing now, but actually he's still not good enough. And those two opportunities today were just, you know, you've got to score them. Any good yeah. fullback would score them. If you've got like Cancelo and stuff down there, they're scoring those goals. Yeah. Reggie literally could have put those away. And you actually think at one point he would have done that and he's not doing that. So that is not enough. Um, so he definitely does need replacing. He's definitely not the worst, but, you know, we could be doing better. And look, if you really want to start me on Doherty, then look. If you well, can, we, can we ask you one question? I mean, Talia, if we do get top four, will you wear a Doherty shirt for the end of season pod? If you buy me a shirt with Doherty on it, <laughs> I actually will wear it. Well, I think do I've got, what? I think the problem is I haven't sold it yet. I'll be the first one to buy a Doherty shirt, will I? <laughs> You buy me a shirt, I will honestly take a picture and wear it. Honestly, I will. But, he shit. Whatever you tell me next, he's not good enough. Okay, right. There was a lot of drunk people out there, including Matt Doherty, for like two weeks. He was doing some good things for like two weeks, and it was a very baffling time for me, I have to say. I was very confused. I was getting lots of comments. It was very overwhelming. And I did see it with my own eyes. You know, he, he was doing some average things, yeah. and it was quite impressive, you know. He's back, guys. You're all wrong. You've come out of your, you know, your hangover. It's done. I think it's evidently clear, I mean, isn't it? if Spurs do want to improve in the summer and go on as a football club. I think we can't forget, you know, one of the great things under that Pochettino era where Spurs are really, I don't want to use the word successful because I know people don't like me using that word, but when Spurs were in a level where they were consistently getting into that top four, it was down to having the likes of Carl Walker, uh, Danny Rose, that would really impose such fear. But they made the difference. The opposition. Absolutely. They made and the Spurs difference. Are, yeah. And Conte, you know, focuses on fullbacks. That is where, yeah. you know, he likes the width. That's the way he likes to play. And to play that yeah. system, if we had two really decent fullbacks, we'd be doing so much better than we are because you trust that actually when the ball goes wide, they're yeah. going to put a through ball and it's going in the right places. And actually, at the moment, we can't trust that. You know, I'm not doubting their ability to do bits at the back, like fair enough. And like I said, I, I do agree that Royale is not the answer either. And Doherty no. has been the better option of the two. You know, that's yeah. even coming from me. But ultimately, are they good enough for a top four side? No, none of them are actually. Yeah. And they are the, you know, if not the most prioritised 
players that need replacing. We need those players that have the ability going forward and backwards with that creative edge to make us into that team. And without them, unfortunately, we are very much in this static mid-ground and we yeah. can't progress until we get players that are better. Yeah. Just going um, on the back of that, can oh, I jump Darren. in, Rick? Yeah, please It's do. so interesting when people get annoyed about our, our, our wing-backs. And as you all have highlighted there, really? how Spurs have had good fullbacks. We've had Carl Walker, we've had Danny Rosiera, and that's what we all remember. The system we have now isn't a fullback system. It's a wingback system. And what Conte requires from his wingbacks is very different qualities to the individuals that we have in our squad right now. We have defenders. We have players who their first and foremost thought plan is being hugging their centre-half, knowing that position, looking for an overlap. That's their, that's their mentality, their defenders. What Conte wants is players who, when they cross the halfway line, that's when they're in their element. That's when they're in their home ground. Regulon in front of goal looks like that kid when you play Sunday league football and the ball rides and they go, hit it hard. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And all the enthusiasm there, he gets in the right place, but he can't do the finish. And I get it. And he's learning that through the training, the development. So there are elements that he could potentially improve and be that person. That's why Sessignon is the most frustrating one for me. Because at mm. Fulham, he was that player. If yeah. he can find that, that mentality again, because it's not ability, it's mentality, then he could be that person on the left-hand side. On the right, we have someone's best friend, Mr Doherty, who should be able to do that, but has forgotten how to do it. Completely been forgotten, he's been hypnotised or whatever, and he doesn't know how to do it anymore. But you then have Romero, who was yeah. brought as a right-back, asked to do a system that isn't his natural system. So yeah. I think, personally, as we all are looking at it, we need to invest there. But it is with the attacking-minded version of these players. You yep. don't need defensive-wise because, as you see, there's a system that I'm seeing happening. Rebentacor, Hoiber, they're covering a lot of ground defensively, allowing those guys not to have to come that far back. So if we've got attacking players who understand it, we could have a very different team in our hands come new season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do agree. I do think it's a balance, though, as well. Like, you know, you if you can't, you've got to be able to defend and attack. And I think that's why we've struggled to recruit for that position. And so many others have as well, that, you know, there are quite a few managers now that obviously are looking for these so well-rounded players that can do everything, but they're kind of taken in the top teams. And then we're left with the, you know, players that are, you know, 60% there, but don't have the rest. And that's why we all get frustrated because they've got elements, but they don't have the whole package. And then we're all disappointed because they can't deliver. But... I, don't I know. mean, Conte I just... will sacrifice the defensive mm. element for the attacking element right now. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think, again, listen, please, God, he's here beyond the summer. I think, listen, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out. That's going to be one area that he's going to want to improve. Yeah. Um, but if Spurs going to have any chance, really, of pushing on, because we have to emphasise that that, that that wing-back system is so integral to the way Antonio Conte wants to play. It's almost pivotal, more than just having the creative midfielder in there. You almost, from Conte's perspective, he wants to be creative from those wing-backs, if they're not up to the required level, then his teams and the way they're set up just simply isn't going to work. We will play straight away. Yeah. If you're not, you know, you're not making the runs and you're not out on the wing trying to get the ball, then, you know, you've yeah. stopped play, basically, like, according yeah. to him. No, you're absolutely spot on. What we will do, uh, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for our first break of the show. But before we do, um, a shout-out... <laughs> <laughs> to La Celso, one for Sergio Ria and Etienne Capu. Look at that, the four Spurs lads who have advanced the quarterfinals of the Champions League after knocking out Juventus. That pretty much sums up Tottenham Hotspur as a football club. Those four in a Champions League uh, quarterfinal. And here we are, out of all cups. 
and a try and obtain a top four finish. Welcome to Zotter Motspur, everybody. Um, so we will go for that first break of the show for our listeners and audio. Hey, well done. 2-0. Good win here at the MX. And look, we looked in control. That was a good performance tonight. Yeah, really good performance. Controlled the game from the off, really. Uh, had a lot of possession, moved moved the ball well. Uh, obviously broke the deadlock with a, with a bit of luck, but sometimes you did that away from home. And then even second half, I thought we created the better chances. They didn't create too much. Uh, and we probably could have got one or two more at the end. So overall, really good night. A good bounce back win. Uh, and hopefully we can continue that on, on Sunday. Yeah, was, uh, I was just saying to Ben, it was a great reaction to Cootie's goal, wasn't it? But was, he's probably dreamt of better goals than that, but you take it, doesn't Yeah, he? look, a goal's a goal. I know that better than anyone. So, uh, <laughs> no, delighted for him. He's been playing and working really hard. And, um, yeah, the whole team, you know, it was a great performance tonight. Clean sheet away from home is, is key if we want to have uh, top four hope. So, I uh, just got to keep working. Like I said, we spoke about it. We spoke about it after games, about getting more momentum. And, and that's really what we've got to try and do. And, and before the international break, it's really important to try and finish uh, with a win. I'm thinking like Everton, obviously United last week. Good performances, another good performance tonight. We're getting that consistency now, aren't we? Yeah, I feel like we're improving as a team. I feel like we're understanding the manager's ideas more and more, especially with the ball. Uh, without the ball, we're a bit more compact. But um, the bottom line is we need to make sure we turn them into wins. Obviously, United was a good performance, but we didn't win, so it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, that's that's our aim. Uh, we, we've just got to keep working hard to try and do that. More congratulations to you. 95 goals, away goals. I think that's you, the record away goal scorer in the Premier League. So, congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's a nice one to have. You know, away games in the Premier League are always tough. And, uh, yeah, to be able to score that many goals and help the team to... Uh, to win the match is, is really important. Uh, so, yeah, really pleased with that one. Obviously, big thanks to the team and everyone involved, but uh, we've got to keep them coming. And we'll be open for a couple of home goals for you this Sunday. Big game, West Ham, isn't it? Big game, obviously, they're right in the top four hunt as well. Uh, London derby. Um, so, yeah, we've got to be up for it. It's, West Ham has showed really, real good quality this season and um, it's going to be a real, real tough battle. But uh, we've got to be ready for it and recover now and, and look forward to it. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. That was the sort of performance you love to see away from home and in complete control, really. Yeah, yeah. I want to see this type of performance. And uh, from the start, uh, uh, we were very good and with personality. And uh, we show in the fro- from the start that uh, we want to get three points. And uh, I think that uh, we are improving. We are improving a lot. And I said this uh, to the players and this week. And uh, we are having good performance. But uh, in the last period, I think sometimes uh, and uh, the final result wasn't uh, positive. But the performance, uh, for example, the last game no, against United, I think that we, did, we uh, deserved much more than to lose the, the game. But uh, now we have to, to get these three points, uh, very, very important for our, uh, for our ambition, for our target, because uh, it's right to have uh, a target. We know that uh, to try to, to reach the fourth place uh, is uh, very, very difficult and uh, the level of difficulty is very high. But at the same time, I think that uh, it's right to start, to have ambition, the players to, to have a target and, uh, 
and also to, to improve, to improve the play and uh, to continue to, to score goals, to create chances, uh, also to, uh, to make uh, our fans proud of uh, their team. Clean sheet tonight as well, which I know obviously very important. Yeah, it's very important. It's very important uh, against a team that in set pieces they are very strong because uh, they have many players uh, very tall. Uh, but uh, uh, tonight, uh, I repeat, uh, the focus, the concentration was, uh, was high. I think that we are going step by step uh, and uh, I'm seeing my team uh, improving in every game. And uh, for sure also, when uh, you lose sometimes, and uh, I guess unite when, uh, about this defeat, I think that uh, we learn. We have to learn because uh, the defeat has to help you to learn and to become better uh, than before. So you've got Romero back after that long spell out with injury, Bentancur, Kulusevski have come into the team and they're starting to make a difference, aren't they? They're starting to get settled in this team and they look, they look good in this team, Antonio, don't they? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, I, I, I said no, after uh, transfer January that uh, we lost four players and uh, we signed two players. And uh, this uh, uh, could seem that you are weaker, no? Instead, I said that we are more complete now because uh, we signed two players, very important for us, and uh, to improve the midfielders and uh, to improve uh, to have uh, another number, uh, a creative player, number 10. And uh, now I think we are uh, also a squad with more balance mm. in every in every role. And uh, we have to try to continue this way. And uh, there are uh, 10 games at the end of this season and uh, th there are 30 points for sure uh, on Sunday we have uh, an important game and uh, in our stadium uh, and uh, I'd like to uh, to feel our uh, our crowd our uh, our fans to push us from the start until the end because the game against the three points against West Ham uh, become vital for us you'll feel them on Sunday believe you and me against West Ham uh, yeah, well, you I'm know sure. our fans are in there on I'm, Sunday. I'm sure about this, and uh, but uh, uh, this my I want to call uh, our our fans uh, and uh, to do to do this, but I'm sure that uh, it happened. They were brilliant tonight, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but uh, they are very brilliant. They deserve, uh, I repeat, they deserve a uh, uh, big achievement. Uh, our fans. Well done. Thank you very much. Watching on YouTube, there's 600 of you plus watching us live. So thank you so much, as always, for all of your incredible support. And um, now you'll know this if you've been watching the show over the last four or five weeks. So we're absolutely delighted on the last one on Spurs to be sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, NordVPN, of course, is a secure, fast, and incredibly to use VPN. Um, NordVPN for us, we say it's the Harry Kane of VPNs because it's incredible in all its facets with a device protection of Christian Romero, but the internet speed of Hun Min Son, the fastest VPN in the world, over 5,200 servers across 59 countries, and it also allows you to select the best server based on your location, loads, and your specific needs. And for me personally, having obtained this particular um, software, it allows you to change your location to save on the likes of um, YouTube Premium, should you select countries such as Argentina or India, dare I say, you can save the pennies. And I must add as well, if you're stuck in an airport somewhere, 
you don't trust the dodgy internet connection, this is perfect NordVPN. Protects you against all of that shaz. So on the screen there, you can use our code LWS to get a huge discount and one month free plus a bonus gift. So again, uh, that website to go to www.nordvpn.com forward slash LWS. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So make sure you check that out. And uh, like I say, thank you so much for sticking with us for the second half of the show, where um, Dijan Kulisevsky, to be fair, I think he's one of those signs that we discussed earlier that is really starting, well, started to really hit form with a Spurs shirt. And Rick's um, directly involved in six goals in his last six Premier League games. We know he missed, of course, a great one-on-one chance. But overall, again, another great performance on the Swede. Yeah, he's growing week by week. And I, I think the both of them, Kulisevsky and Bentico, you know, they needed us as much as we needed them. And now they have a platform to shine. They are definitely showing it. They trust Conte. They trust what his, uh, what his mission statement is, what the tactics are. And and they're ready to run through brick walls for him. And, and we're seeing that. Um, you know, with Kulisevsky, he, he, he said a couple of things in recent interviews where he was like, firstly, like the premiership, it's, it's a different world. It's a different sport. It's almost like it's not football. And... He, the second thing he said was like he loved working under that intensity and it was the first time that he got to kind of express himself little bit by little bit growing into the games that he's had and um, he's loving life and we're seeing that we're seeing that not, not only can he cross not only can he use both feet although predominantly left but he's got a shot in him he's got an eye for a pass and it's the intelligence it's the intelligent pass that he brings to the game you know not just the obvious passes. So many times over the years that we've played the obvious pass and it's easy to cut out. But with Kulu, man, that guy's got definitely got an eye. And he's square. He's strong. He can hold a challenge. He can hold off. He, he can hold plays. You know, he can work as a target man-ish on the right side as well. So there's so many facets to his game. And him being the age that he is, you know, there's, there's again, so much room to grow. But um, b- b- before... I, I finish on Kulazewski. I've got to say about Romero and Doherty real, real quick. Go on, Rick. Rome, go on. R- R- Romero. All right, Romero. So what Darren was saying there, absolutely spot on. There was a point, though, before the yellow card, before that rash challenge, it he got frustrated with himself. He actually got frustrated with himself. He started to run at this slow pace. Then he quick, quickened up, realised that the touch went too far in front, which gave the opposition... An, um, an opportunity to counter on us. And he was like, you know what? No. And he slide tackled him, not because there was any danger around, not because it was worth it, not because he took one for the team. It was because he lost his head. Exactly that, Dal. He lost his head and he was like, ah, oh, damn it, it was me. Ah, oh, you know what? Bang. Yeah, yeah. And that, do you know what I mean? Which is something that we do need to keep an eye on. We don't want to take the aggression out of him. The other thing that I've got to say about Romero is the slow play. The slow play worries me a little bit. When everything calms down to walking pace, there's sometimes where I look at him and I'm just like, it's it's almost too slow. It's almost like inviting pressure. And although he's intelligent to get out of nine out of ten, you, you know, scraps with the opposition, there's going to be that one time with, with and with quality opposition, they 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 might kind of you know score off the back of that. So those are the two things on the back of um, what Darren was saying there about about Romero. Um, and then on Doherty, real quick, Doherty, my gosh, look, we've seen him many a time not live up to anything, right? We've only seen him arrive a couple of weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? We signed him, I don't know when, and he's only arrived a couple of weeks ago. 
on his left so, yeah, well yeah well I, I think after that Man United game and you know and although we were super disappointed with that Man United game what what said a lot to me was the response every time we went a goal down it was a response that we had we we, we didn't collapse we did go for something yep. we did try and make something happen but I think after that game, maybe that's just pushed him back into his show again because, you know, like there was nothing, you know, he was really quiet today, really within his show today as well. So, yeah, there was a lot going on. Sorry, I just had to get it off my chest real quick, Riggs. <laughs> That's fine, Riggs, no problem at all. I, this did crap up from the, one of the comments. Where we're putting the comments up and it's out of sync of what Rick's saying. Do you know what's funny? At one point, I saw Tao's uh, tweet. It was weird because at one point, the commentary was out of sync with the with the game. It was almost like it was it completely was very dying. out of sync. I heard the goal before there was a goal. It heard the net and it was like, oh! And then all of a sudden, so, it went in and you were just like, what? If only we could get that in real life where we actually we, we got the goals first before the commentary. That would be ideal. <laughs> we'd, we'd love that. But such is the nature of football. Um, Dale, coming over to you. Um, we'll come on... on in general for obviously Tao and also Ricks, but um, Kulisevsky, you know, overall, do you know what I love about him, Ricks? I love about him, Dow. He's, he's always looking to create, isn't he? And again today, mm. um, when you look overall, again, I mentioned that earlier, you know, involved in six goals in his last six Premier League appearances, the guy's only just really arrived. You know, January, he's been here for under a couple of months. How impressed have you been by the way he's already settled so quickly into this side? And I've got to say that, you know, we've seen it with uh, Conte. He's now generally one of the first ones on the team sheet, isn't he? Absolutely. And after his first game, it was really interesting. I think someone flashed up something similar in the comments about people saying how slow he was. He's slow. He's too slow for Spurs. He's too slow. He's going to slow us down. I think people were in that Mora idea of how the game should be played on that side. And I think what, what my big Swede has bought is he's brought so much more to the game for Tottenham as a front three. Sun came in himself. There's a whole new dimension there because he's a man, when the ball arrives at him, it sticks. His body positioning when he receives the ball is phenomenal. Young mm. players, you watch Harry Kane, watch our big Swede. When he receives the ball, his positional sense with the defender and the ball is immense. He always has a touch. He's always opening his body for a pass or to take the guy on. He's always looking to be an attacking move. It's never defensive. He's never holding up to play it back. He's always looking to progress the game. And that's what we have there. We have a person who football intelligence is spot on. He's a young individual. He's a young boy. But what he brings to that front three, I think, has been immense, especially when people may not really want to be looking at. Son is a bit hot and cold right now. And he's been hot and cold for a couple of games now. For a little bit, he's been hot and cold. And what, what the big Swede has done is taken that pressure off him. And I think that's something we've really needed at the front, is someone else to go, I'm here. Don't worry, gentlemen. I I will carry my weight. I will carry the team. I'm I'm gonna take a shot. I'm gonna look to score a goal. And I've been very impressed with his link-up play, with his yeah. intelligence. I feel that just remember something as well, Spurs fans. We ain't even bought him yet. He's on loan for a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that are business you, in itself. <laughs> you trying to are you trying to terrify us now that we're gonna somehow screw this up? No, no, no. What I'm saying is the beauty of enjoying the fact that this gentleman here is here on trial. We're just testing him out. And you know when people say, oh, he's fell off now. Well, we send him back. But right now, he's doing amazing. And I yeah. believe that he's going to be one to stay. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that works at the front. Because, yeah, solid for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Ritz, coming over to you. Um, again, just on Kulisevsky, the, the way he settled. You know, what I love about him, he's also running back to also interfere with Brian's attack to help Spurs start mm. the break for that second goal. I mean, he, he really is, Ricks, a workhorse, isn't he, for Tottenham? Oh, yeah, man. The, the work rate, immense, immense. 
And the same as uh, Bentoncourt. Work rate today, immense. Um, but on Cooley and, and Bentoncourt, I think that's, that's you know, Paratici got a, um, a couple of squints when he brought him in, when they brought both of them in. Uh, because he went back to Juventus, because he's kind of gone back to his old club to get two players. But look, look what he done. He went and got two players that he knew inside out, that Conte knew inside out, that when speaking to Conte, they were not only kind of motivated, but inspired to play under him. And they've come here and it's te- and, and look, like it normally takes a, a long time for, for players that come over from different leagues to settle in the Premiership because of the pace of it, because of the intensity of it. But these boys, straight away, they had a game or two to kind of feel it out. But then they've done everything that Conte's asking for them and more right now. And the more games they have, the more games they play together, and the, the more they start understanding each other and start trusting each other, you know, it's, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. For, for, the, for, for the forward line, Kulisevsky, like Darren was saying there, is fantastic because yep. he allows them two to do the run. Do you know what I mean? He can, or he can be the option there. And like I said, the intelligence in him is fantastic. He, he knows. He knows when to pass, when to play, when to hold it, when to, when to lean on the man, you know, when to try and, uh, like, kind of win a foul. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yeah. And he's only been here five minutes, Rick. So, yeah. you know, like Darren was saying there, if and when he continues to stay, I think the, the performances can only get better and better. Yeah, I mean, Tal, come over to you. Uh, listen, a player that has already said he likes to suffer, so he's definitely joined the right football club for that. Um, has that, it surprised that. you just just how quickly, Tal, that he has settled in so fast? You know, it's been really, I know we're 16th of March, but a couple of months in reality. Um, and he's made that spot his own now. Mora just simply can't get back into the team, can he? No. I mean, I, I think, you know, as a fan base, I think we were all quite used to... What are you laughing at? <laughs> it was the no. It was the way it was the, the no. Killed us. No, <laughs> hey, I'm just unintentionally funny, guys. You know, I don't even mean. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, what I was going to say was, as a fan base, I think we've all kind of got used to having players that don't adapt. As bad as that sounds, like we've been so disappointed in recent years that we've got these players and actually, you know, they come in and they don't put in the roles that they should, or they don't live up to expectations. That actually, we've kind of expected players to maybe not come in and do that and having these two come in you know I'm not taking anything away from them because I generally think both of them have come in and they've clearly made a difference but I think we're you know so like humbled by the fact that they can come in and do a job that we're a little bit taken aback by it but I think you know we've seen that you know loads of players do come into the Premier League and can just adapt and I think we have been quite unfortunate in recent years where we haven't seen that but look I think like all of you guys have already covered you know, the players look properly up for it. And that's what you want. Yeah. You know, you want players that want to be there, not just for the coach, but for the club and for, you know, to make relationships with the players that are already there. Yeah. And I, I think that it looks like they've settled. They're both doing the business. They look like they're enjoying themselves. And I, look, you can't really ask for much more, can you? I think no. if you would have said, you know, at the beginning of that window, would they come in, you know, Decky would have been in, involved in more goals and assists than the Celso was in his whole Spurs career. Would you take that? Obviously you would. Would you take Bentanko coming in and putting through these passes? Of course you would. So I think on paper and in reality that, you know, they have exceeded expectations completely. And I think it's quite exciting to see what the hell they're going to do in the future. But no, yeah. it's good stuff. And hopefully a few more signings from Paratici, then maybe we'll be on to something. 
Yeah, now you've got to say January-wise, and we've got it spot on so far. Um, we've got to touch upon Harry Kane doubling Spurs' lead. Uh, Dale, to come over to you, um, you know, Kulisewski actually came back, as I mentioned, to actually help Hoybier win the ball. Bentancur broke, and it was a typical Spurs counter-attacking goal. Lovely ball from Bentancur. It was a beautiful ball through to Kane. The keeper didn't come out. Kane ran onto it and buried the ball. I mean, that's a guy that's full of confidence. What a finish from Harry Kane, and also what a celebration. Yep, what a celebration. Sponsorship deal on its way from those those <laughs> lovely guys who said holidays are coming. Now, uh, I think for me, it was really interesting because on on the, the where I was watching the game from, when Bentacord did that pass, I went, oh, he's overhit it. Because yeah, yeah. it was so far in front of Kane and the keeper wasn't in the camera shot yet. And I just presumed once they widened the frame, the keeper was going to be there. But mm. it was in no man's land. He gave the keeper no option. Kane knew he had enough to get there, make his mind up. It was a beautiful pass and a beautiful finish. And it's what Spurs have in their, in their armoury now. We have a centre midfielder who is willing to do the early pass. We have a front line that is looking to make the runs because they're anticipating the ball may get played there. And that's a beautiful thing to start seeing happen at Spurs now. And we're using the channels really well. We're a threat to defensive right now. With the three that we have up there, their movement alone is a problem and their pace is a whole nother issue. So, look, I, I danced around. I was very happy with it. We needed the second because we're never comfortable at 1-0. To be fair, yeah. I'm never comfortable at 3-0 with Tottenham. No, right no, no. But Listen, yeah. I take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rich, come over to you. I mean, it was, a, as I described, a lethal counter from Spurs. It was beautiful. Bentacle breaking away, as I said, playing Kane in. Um, and it's funny because I, I mentioned, I, I, do, I do agree with uh, with Dow there, Rick. I thought he did overplay the ball. But I mean, Kane, yeah. just the finishing nature of him, just such a great goal. And that now means for Kane, he becomes a Premier League's all-time goal scorer in away games, 95, surpassing Wayne Rooney in 104 less games and going above Frank Lampard in the overall goal scorers list as well. Um, I think that in itself, I know that will be overlooked, but that's, again, an incredible achievement, you know, to do it in 104 games less than Wayne Rooney, Harry Kane, the goal scorer. Isn't that phenomenal, Rick? It is phenomenal, bro. And you've got to remember, he was a one-season wonder as well, wasn't he? So, I mean, he's done phenomenal. And and do you know what? It's funny because people will still doubt him. People will still doubt him. There will still be somebody tomorrow on Twitter from whatever team, and they'll be like, yeah, but it was against Brighton. And you kind of go, oh, come and on, boy. And he's got boys. no trophies. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the same old, same old. You, look, you, class recognises class, and you, you've got to give it up to him, man. Not only is he a great goal scorer, but if you look at those passes that he pinged to Regulon today, they I don't watch golf, but they look like golf shots to me. They look I, The only golf that I've ever played is golf Wii. Remember, on the Wii? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, I say, well, I can't disagree. I've only played top, as in top golf. That's pretty much my, uh, my, my experience of it. <laughs> but, but there's me mentioning the Wii, and I'm in the bug. But let's not, let's let's brush over that. <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's let's flush that down and, and uh, move forward. Um, but no, those two, those two oh, passes that he pinged to Regulon, I was just like, what is going on here? Not only were, were they fantastic diagonal balls, but the weight of them, the spin of them, it's like it slowed down right in front of Regulon. Regulon didn't have to break his stride, didn't have to change his pace. That, that's why it was. it's even more disappointing he didn't score not one of those goals. Do you know what I mean? After he got the first shot off uh, Regulon, you'd think, all right, and cool, well, I'm not going to get another one. Harry Kane gives him another one on a plate, you know, and he was just unlucky. Unlucky. I think, like Darren said, they panicked a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Harry Kane, he's one of a kind. And 
you know, I, I, I do hope that he stays with us. If he wants to be with us, then I want him to stay forever. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. oh, what a player, what a player. It is a privilege to watch him when he's on form like that. Yeah. Uh, Tal, I'll come over to you. It's uh, for Kane, 14 goals in 19 games. I know many, listen, like all of us, were concerned by the way he started the season ever so slowly. But there's now that outside chance that listen, he may still finish in the top three or four of the goal-scoring charts, which is remarkable when you consider the start of the season he had, of course, with the speculation about City. Has he refocused now for you, Tal? I mean, I know, again, there's that conversation about in the big games, is Kane there? Obviously, scored against City. Um, scored, of course, the other week as well, that a penalty against United, that in the game of Spurs go on to draw a win. It's seen as decisive. Is Kane refocused for you now, Tal? Yeah, for me, he is. I mean, it's, it's clear to see is, you know, playing some of his best football is, you know, arguably one of the best passers in the league, you know, of anyone out there. His passing ability is incredible. He's just so clever. He invites fouls. He plays to their strengths. His finishes are ridiculous. He, he's just the best, you know, and I think we've seen some of the best stuff we've seen from Kane in a long time in recent weeks and we're still so lucky that you know he plays for our club really and I think you know we're, we're quite quick to judge Kane like in the first half arguably he wasn't as good as he usually is but actually like we're so spoiled by having these 12 out of 10 performances week in week out that actually when you see like an 8 out of 10 in a half of football you're, you're like oh Kane wasn't up to scratch today he was off the mark I mean even the commentators were saying it and you know you're, you're watching and you're like you know he's not really doing anything bad it's just you know he's not up to the level that we all know and see all the time but in the second half I think was another level again he switched it up a notch Look, he scored his goal but he should have had a couple of assists uh yeah. you know and arguably we might come to it maybe a pen as well yeah but, yeah look He's just a remarkable player. I think he's focused. Yep. I hope and pray that, you know, him and Conte, I think, have kind of formed a little alliance here, knowing that, you know, he stays, I stay kind of thing. And I yep. sincerely hope that, you know, it all comes together and we get the chance to, you know, or Conte gets a chance to build a, a team, a, or more of his team next season with Kane at the top. And we, we see some good things. But no, Kane is superb. Another day, another record. Just another day in the life of the best striker in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Just to touch on that midfield duo. I mean, we mentioned Ben Secure a little bit, but again, covered so much ground on the night. When you think about it, you know, that, that signing, 15.8 million plus add-ons, you know, just it's remarkable. And we know we, we all laughed when we thought, you know, Paratigi coming in, one of the world-class operators as a sporting director, 30 days later of a January winner goes back to his old club to go and get us two players. I think we're all thinking, you know, what, you know, what's going on. But to be fair, you know, you can see just um, his presence. You know, there's a real bustling presence about Benson Cure that, you know, the surging runs he makes, he's got that ability of an eye for a pass. And again, I know, you know, we saw he was only human against Manchester United. But what I love about is a player's reaction. And they're going to go at a game time that Spurs, you feel it's must win now. They are all must win games. He played a massive pivotal role in helping Spurs get those three points. And, um, you know, Hoybier, to be fair, again, kind of to you, Dow, listen, he's had some criticism this season, but um, started off the move, the tackle, that uh, got Spurs his second goal of the game. And uh, another good display from Hoybier. I think he'll be overlooked, as I said, on the Saturday show against United. He was probably our best player on the day. Is he slowly coming into a bit of form again, Dow, Hoybier? I, I agree. I've mentioned him a couple of times already tonight, because for me, I think what, speaking on what you said there about the transfers, about Pratici, I think a lot of people had their scepticism. I didn't. And yeah. with the signings we brought in, I trusted both of them. And also, I come from a belief right now is we have a world-class um, transfer governor and we have a world-class manager. And they've got a team 
between them that they're trying to build something. So those two were sanctioned. Those two signings were sanctioned by those two individuals. So I trusted that they were capable. Also, I do watch the Italian league, so I knew what they were, what they had in their armory, and I knew that with a Benteke in the middle of that pitch, it makes other people look good. Hoybier was required to do too much in that midfield. Yeah, he was trying to be everything. The same problem we have with Hoybier, stay with me, people. When Kane is trying to do everything up top, we lose, we lose him. In the middle, we had Hoybier trying to do everything, so we had no midfield. He was trying to be the tackler, the ball player. The, he was trying to be the cover for the centre-half and the right-back and the left-back. It was too many places. Now with Bentecourt's intellectual play, his leadership on the pitch. What I love about Bentecourt, if you watch him, he doesn't talk a lot, but he's forever jesting. He's forever showing you where to go. If he doesn't have the ball, he's telling you where the ball should go. And I think what he's given Heuberg is a partner that he can relax with, who's maturer than him in the game, who is giving him that wisdom to go... You're great at this. I'm great at that. You do your job. I do my job. Guess what? It's easy work. When I played football as a kid, my dad said football's easy, but we can make it look hard. That yep. midfield is starting to make the game look easy. Yep. Getting in the right positions, winning the ball early, seeing the early pass and giving the ball. Suddenly, we're ticking over nicely. And I think you're absolutely right, Rick. We're not giving a certain individual his claps because our Dane looks good right now. He yep. looks like a great Dane suddenly again. Mm. And it's because he's got a support system there. And also our centre-half look good again. He trusts what's behind him. He wasn't worried that, oh, we've got we've got Jaffa back there, so I've got to look after him as well. And I've got yep. Skip next to me and I've got to look after him. He's an international. Now we're starting to kick back into gear and we're starting to get the best of both worlds. So, yeah, that midfield is starting to look a little bit more as a machine that can work. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know we're not kidding ourselves. Rick's coming around to you. I think we all know, you know, when Skip eventually gets back and Raj asked the question there, do we know how far he's away? I mean, again, uh, Conte referenced this in his uh, pre-match press conference at the moment. He doesn't have a time frame, which is a concern because he um, is a really important player for Spurs. The stats are all out there, you know, in terms of just how much Spurs are in are a better side with Skip in the team. I think it's quite exciting, Rick, that we're actually still yet to see that Skip and Benton Core partnership because we haven't really obviously seen Spurs' best midfield duo partner together yet. No, not yet. So it's it, like like you say, it's exciting times. But you know, on the back of what Darren was saying there, it's it's a trust thing. You know, Hoiberg and Benton they trust each other to do the jobs like Darren was saying there, to do the jobs that they've been asked to do. So then they can play a little bit freer, you know, um, they can dovetail, they can kind of overlap. When Skippy comes in, you know, we we firstly you know, we don't know. It's got. It's going to take him a little while to get back up to speed as well. So we can't expect massive things from him. But he's still a young player. It's fantastic for him to have to fight now to get in the side. And yes, he's a better option than Winks coming off the bench, of course, uh, of course. But giving a player like Skip something to fight for raises his level. When he sees Bentecourt doing those type of passes and also running back and covering the back four. When he sees uh, Hoiberg doing those tackles and breaking up play and, and being there as an option, and uh, whether it be as an extra defender or, or somebody further up the field, you know, Skip's going to have to raise his game. And, and that's per it's a perfect place for us right now. We, we would all love him to be fit right now so that at least he can have this around on the training field within games. But him coming back, he's got something to aim for. Before, we were, we were probably relying on him too, too much. 
as a young player that's just come into the side. Yes, yep. he had a great loan last year, you know, at Norwich, but he's just come into the side and maybe we was relying too, too much on him, which meant that even if he did make a mistake, that a lot of the fans are going to get on his back and then be, ah, oh, he's not good enough. He's not, you know, as a young player, I think it's fantastic that he's got something to look for, something to aim for, something to achieve, something to break in and something to raise his own levels, which is only exciting for all of us fans. Yeah. Do you think, Tao, at the moment, the way things are, I mean, Conte seems pretty settled in terms of the overall team at the moment. As we can see, there's not too many, uh, well, if any, if any changes being made to the side. Again, it's unchanged yeah. now for, I think, what, the third game in a row, bearing in mind maybe just the one change in between there. Um, is there any concern? Because I know at the moment uh, Spurs have got a, a turnaround. We'll come on to West Ham shortly. Are we capable of keeping the same team now every single week, Tao, in terms of that overall midfield for you? I mean, I hope so in general. I think, I know I've been on here in the past for sure where I've spoken about like the need for consistency and the way you build momentum is having those same players and getting that under your belt and, you know, being able to trust each other and go forward. And I think that is where we're at. I think we definitely arguably have our best 11 up at the moment. Um, you know, not talking about injuries, but in general, we've got the best 11 that we can forward. So I think there is no reason to change it. And it doesn't seem like anyone is kind of at risk of being dropped because someone's performing better. Um, I mean, like I know you touched on it earlier, but, you know, arguably at the moment, Sonny's the one that's technically not really putting in the shift that he, we know that he can do. But I know Conte came out and was like, yeah, there's no way I'd drop Sonny. Like, he's just not going to do it. So I yep. think, you know, that kind of sets the precedent, really, that I, I don't really think people are. I mean, other than maybe fullbacks, which we have seen, I think it seems to be quite settled now. And I think it is the best that we have. And I would personally quite like it to stick, um, like we said, build relationships with people, especially at the back, through the middle, you know, be more familiar with how each other play, build those relationships, see where the balls need to go. And then hopefully over time, you know, you get that kind of, telepathy going on where you know a lot of these bigger teams do where there is little rotation and actually they understand yep. each other a lot better so for me I think that is definitely what we need going forward especially for a push for top four at the end I think it would definitely help you know to get a few wins keep the same team keep fit and just kind of push on with that same 11 and you know build from there you know, just to pick up uh, Dal on what Tao said there about Son uh, obviously there was a again uh press conference that was embargoed. So we got the comments from Ali Gold um, earlier today in which he said, you'd be crazy or he'd be crazy to drop Hummin Son. Um, again, for Son, you know, he did, he did tee up Kelisevsky that led to Spurs' build-up of the first goal. Um, I, I think overall, listen, I think Son worked hard tonight. I mean, again, impact-wise for me, he did struggle on the whole to really, I would say, um, make his mark on the game are you concerned at the moment by Son's uh, contribution to games in terms of the impact he's having at the moment, Del? Well, I'm not concerned because the team is working around him. Because Kulichewski's playing well, because Kane's playing well. Right now, he's I'm allowing him to have his off day. If we were losing these games and he was having an off day, then I have a problem with it. But right now, the rest of the team is allowing him to go, you're not scoring, son. It's OK. We've got that side of it covered. I want him to... He's still showing the effort for me. That's what I want to see. I think the Manu game was the most worrying for me because the man looked like he was wearing ice skates and I was just concerned what he was doing. <laughs> and this game, he suddenly looked like he put the right boots on and was trying. And I think some one of the players, and I get Conte's theory behind it, you don't want to drop a son because he is a person that could be out of the game and he has one run in his course. 
He just needs that one moment. And having that element on the pitch also for defenders is a problem. You're playing against him. You're always going to be concerned that he may turn it on any second now. And that means that your back four, back three are worried about everyone. But let's be real. We haven't got someone on the bench right now who you go, he would naturally come in and improve the 11. And I think that's also the statement Conte's making. He's saying, I can't drop Son. And then if he goes to the board, why can't I drop him? Because I haven't got anyone that I feel is as good as him or better than him to put in. People talk about Burt Wine. We talk about Mora. They're okay. But let's look at what we're talking about. Like, I've just, I'm just going to go complete left to what I said earlier. Hoiberg's great in the middle of the park. Is he the level we want to be at all the time? No, we need improvements. But it's the best of what we've got. And yep. Sun right now, off form, still is better than what we've got on the bench. Yeah, so absolutely. You've got, you've got to play it. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point there, Rick, that Dow makes because, um, you know, we haven't got an abundance of quality or talent on the bench to really be able to put Son on there to, you know, allow him to maybe uh, get through this confidence. But I always think for a player, you know, is, aren't you best to play games in order to regain that confidence? I don't, I don't know really what sitting on the bench would, would do for him. You know, what have we got on there? We've got a Dane Scarlett who is, bless him, very, very inexperienced. And you look beyond that, really, um, there might be an argument for Bergvine to get more time. I think that definitely... Many people feel that Lucas Mora, I think we've seen when he's come on, hasn't really um, looked that really he's going to influence games when he's coming off the bench. So, I, you know, for Son, really, uh, Ricks, are, are you concerned overall in terms of the contribution over the course of the last few weeks? I'm a bit like Darren. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned with it because he is a bit of a Mr. Tottenham. He does love it. He, he always wants to show for the ball. He, he He's always there, ready to run through brick walls for, for, for the team. He, he wears the, the, the cockle on his, uh, on his chest and he, and he wears it with pride. And, and you see that. It's just a bit of a dip right now. So he's going to have bits and pieces like that. He did come off of the back of a, what was it? Did he have COVID or did he have a small injury? I can't remember. But again, uh, that yeah. was it. It was a knock, right? Yeah. It was regular with COVID, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so he came off of, of, of a, off of a, a knock and, you know, he's, he's having a bit of a upsy-downsy, tipsy-turvy. But I think what Conte's done, especially with Sonny, especially with Harry and especially with Hugo, um, and, and the boys in the middle, to be fair, but he's given them responsibility. He's like, look, first and foremost, let me let me let you know, you're the big boys of the team. You know it, I know it. You're the big boys of the team. So I need you to take responsibility now. I need you to, to you know, score those goals, drag us through, you know, make those runs. And, and he's holding them to account. He's holding them, you know, he's saying, look, don't just talk it, walk it. You know what I mean? Show me, back your chat, you know? So he's given them the responsibility and he's putting the responsibility on their shoulders. And, and that's what's great with having a consistent 11 going through games that we've won and games that we've lost. Continuing with that same 11 puts, it enforces that responsibility that, no, look, you are the big boys, get us out. Show, show me different. Show me that you have learned. Show me that we can improve. Show me that we can move forward with you as the big boys of the team. So, no, I'm not concerned with Sonny. I'm not concerned. I'm not, I, I know he'll be back in a flash. You know, he, he could be he could be saving all, all these runs and all these goals up for West Ham on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Let's hope and so. I, yeah. And, 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 I, and then what? Like, I'm not going to, like, cuss him out for, for the games that he's been dipping on if he gives me everything against West Ham and we win that game. Yeah. So, it's, that's, that's the type of player Sonny is. That's the type of player Sonny is. So, trust in him. He'll come good. 
You know, Tal, coming over to you, listen, you're, you're never, uh, you know, to shy away from telling it straight on players. You know, Son is going through this bit of a dip, but is this where, you know, we do need to back him, we do need to support him because he's a player that ultimately has given us some real huge moments in a Spurs shirt. And like we've all said, we don't have really any um, depth on that bench with real quality to really give Son that break to bring another player into the team that we know can have the effect that Son can have on games when he is on form. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's all, it's not the first time we've seen this from Sonny as well. It has happened before and it is likely to happen again. I think he is so generally consistent and we've got so much out of him. And I think whatever that just came up with, you know, with six consecutive seasons, like he's such a generally consistent player where we can trust him. He always gives his all, whether he's scoring or not scoring. He's either putting assists in, he understands Kane like nothing else. You know, he's just doing the right thing the whole time, running through the field. And I think... Again, we're so spoiled sometimes that these players are so good that they put in these shifts that actually when there is a little bit of a dip, I think, you know, they feel it just like we do, that they are also a little bit like, oh, why am I not performing? Why am I not doing this? And that is what happens in their mind. And it is very much, uh, you know, a, a psycho thing as well. It's not so much, you know, he's got the ability, that's not gone anywhere. And, you know, his brain's not somewhere else. He's not distracted at all, I don't think. I think it's just one of those things. Is he tired? Is he, you know, there's thick and fast fixtures. It's just, you know, loads of other things. Weather, like anything can be a cause of it. But I don't think it's a need the for wrong studs. The wrong studs, yes. tell you. It's yeah, funny, I see that tonight. Everyone was saying, week. make sure you give that bloke double the studs that he was wearing <laughs> against United. It was, I mean, last week was, was just weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was bizarre, wasn't it? falling all over the place. Yeah. It was I, I reckon he was wearing his AstroTurf boots. I said that on Chris's show, man. He's like, <laughs> oh, he must be wearing his AstroTurf. There was no, there was no studs in place. It was, it it was, was so bizarre. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think it's fine, Sonny. I think we just yeah. look. I hope it comes back sooner rather than later because this is where these conversations spiral, right? That you know, we think there's this whole thing, and it's like you know, he's allowed to have a few off games. It's just we want him to be performing. You know, he's like a huge fancy football asset. You know, everyone's like, oh my god, Sonny's unreal. Second, he like blanks for a game, they're like, oh, what's he doing? Yeah. And we're just so like, you know, it's I crazy, think such really. is the nature also of social media tell that, um, you know, what happened. If Spurs, West Ham at the weekend, Son's not in that team, everybody's going to be screwing, saying, why is Son not in the team? So it's like, you know, this is, this is, isn't that social yeah, media all over, right? No win, but look, Sonny's yeah. here today and he will be in that 11 at the weekend. He's not going anywhere. And fingers crossed, his scoring boots are back on. Boots to grip yeah. the floor and boots to score a goal. Both would be yeah. preferable. preferable. Absolutely. Spot on, yeah, I totally agree. Um, in terms of subs for Spurs, uh, Lucas Moura did replace on the final 10 minutes and offered very little to the game. Um, Emerson Royale also came on. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, he, he, did, he did bring some form of dynamism to the game, but again, it was a very brief cameo. Make of that what you will. We won't put you through an Emerson Royale debate tonight just to save you guys uh, from that perspective. And Stephen Bergvine, you know, came off with Kulisevsky and added time. There is an argument that, you know, Bergvine isn't really seeing much game time at the moment. And again, yeah. massively linked, I mean, January of a move to Ajax. Um, so far, I mean, I, but beyond, beyond obviously, yeah, the Leicester game, I think he started for Tottenham. I can't remember a game in which he has started for Tottenham um, since that. I mean, there might have been a one after that, but I mean, certainly since the window shut, uh, Bergvine really hasn't featured. Now, we do know Bergvine um, has told Conte on a number of occasions that obviously he hasn't felt fit enough to start, but there's been no mention of that from Conte recently. So, a bit of a strange one, but I just want to get the guys' thoughts very quickly. Um, just on the 
press conference that was embargoed um, from last night, which Conte gave ahead of the game, of course, that we've just played against Brighton, and which he suggested that he wants to manage Spurs next season, uh, but the club must share the same vision. Otherwise, he will leave. It, it does feel, coming over to you, Dow, that he's almost thrown down the gauntlet. Now, there's been no real mention of this in his um, press conference that he's held this evening, obviously after Brighton. But um, where do you stand on Conte's words for you? Do you mind them? Are you getting bored of the constant if he'll stay, if he'll go? And do we just need to focus on the games ahead now? Because I suppose they've got a really critical run of games to come. You know what? Conte, I really had to kind of analyse me and Conte because... We've all, I think everyone here has done the same oh, thing. Oh, it's, it's you and Conte now, is it? Say again? <laughs> it's you and Conte now, is it? I'm glad. Yes, me and Conte, we're kind of every time. Um, it's so interesting because he he does statements that I go, what? What What are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you saying? And as that gentleman quite rightly said, Drew, it is mind games. And I think what Conte is doing is he's saying, look, I know what I want but I've got to make everyone aware of what I want and I'm going to tactically manoeuvre the situation to make sure the board give me what I want. He's making us fans aware of his passion. He, he, he He's a bit crazy and he's a bit eccentric and he, his heart's on his sleeve. So some comments you have to just dismiss because he comes out and he says it with passion, the next day he'll say the opposite. And we've all been in situations like that where emotions yeah. have got the better of us. But I think underlying what keeps coming out is the consistency of, I need backing from the board I do want to be here, but it has to be with the ambition that I have. And I think if we're Spurs fans, if we just dilute everything, kill, get rid of that, that's what we all want. And no, he'll do. You're wants right. to be here, wants to win, yeah. and he's backed by the board. And we've had all those issues beforehand. We've got the best manager available. He wants to back him. He didn't get as much backing as he wanted in January. That's very clear. Yep. He's showing his annoyance with that now. So don't annoy him in the summer because he can walk and he will get another job. It's not a problem for him. And if we want to keep him, we've got to make him happy. And I think a lot of other fans have been telling me, oh, Dow, he's a problem. I don't like the way he speaks. You know what? I don't mind if he backs his chat. That's me. If he backs his chat, I'll back him. So right now, I'm still in the camp of In Conte We Trust. I'm still with him. You know, Tal, come over to you. I mean, obviously, there's many... when When I see the quotes, there's many that feel that, is this conducive, you know, every week or every other, you know, three or four days when he holds these press conferences where one minute wants to stay, the next minute, you know, it's reliant on the board. I just wonder, you know, where Spurs are right now, we've got, what, 11, 12 crucial Premier League games coming up where Spurs need to go on a run. And there's absolutely no doubt that the clubs that are consistent are, you know, the clubs that know the manager um, has got a deep root connection with the clubs. I mean, listen, Chelsea, they're going for a complete mess at the moment. But Chelsea are consistent because they know Thomas Tuchel wants to be there. And he stressed that, listen, he's he's committed to that club as far as the now is concerned. Yeah. I look at Tottenham Man United, both cases where United have got an interim manager. Spurs have got a manager where at the moment nobody knows, and thank you, Rusty, 10 games to go where it feels like there's a real uncertainty going into the summer, despite the fact where he says, I want to stay. So the question I want to ask you, Tal, is it conducive that we've got this conversation going on while Spurs are still trying to finish in the top four and need to string a run of results together? I mean, I think to a degree it is, but I think he's a very emotional manager. Um, You know, you see him on the touchline and how much passion he gives and, you know, if you look at our pattern, it's win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. That is very aligned to what he's 
you know, kind of put you across to the media, I think, yeah, you know, when exactly. Wynn has positives, he's super happy. But then, you know, the tide turns when not doing what he wants. We're taking a step backwards. He's frustrated. He needs improvements. And his way of getting that out is actually, you know, almost spewing the home truths to go back to Levy again. And that, you know, right or wrong, that's the kind of manager he is. I take it as a passion in his kind of plea to the board and being like, I'm not here to mess around. Like, these were the terms. I know you haven't done it in the past. Like, I'm protecting myself here because if I'm walking away, it's because of you and not because of me. Like, I very much told you exactly what I want and expect. You told me that you can deliver. If you can't, you know, that's on you. And I think that is very much what he's doing. And I personally don't see anything wrong with it because I think the majority of fans do understand where he's coming from because I think we all agree. And there's nothing really wrong with that, in my opinion. But look, there is a point where I would expect him to maybe stop doing that if, you know, hopefully we get a few wins under our belt. I don't think it's healthy, you know, to continually kind of, you know, repeat the same things. Like, they are things that he could speak to Levy about behind closed doors. It doesn't need to be in every single presser. But again, I personally am not really faced by it. I think, you know, he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And it's, you know, in all of our best interests. It's the players are on board with his philosophy and the way he wants to play. You know, the fans are on board. We all want everything to go to plan. I think, you know, yep. as has been for the last X amount of years, Levy seems to be the kind of common denominator and maybe not getting to that next level. And I think Conte is just stepping up for one himself, but be everyone else to be like, that. this is what I need give it to me or adios so yeah it, it's difficult yeah. but I think it's morally you know there's nothing in it which is bad I think you know everyone's offended these days right <laughs> if you're offended like whatever it's just Conte same with Jose like managers are going to say stuff and if you want some mm. manager you know it goes the other way we've all complained we've got yes men in the past that just kind of nod their yeah you're right you're right. No, you're yeah. right. And and I mean, j- just to be very clear where, where I stand on my perspective, um, listen, I want the man to be back. I want him to be given exactly what he wants. But mm-hmm. I, I just wonder, you know, with, with the, conti- you know, when it's played out like this every single week and it's, you know, you know, all the time staying, going, you know, being backed, not being backed. I don't know just how conducive that is when we're trying to now really focus on getting a regular mm-hmm. run of results. And I think um, I've got no doubt that our inconsistent nature it's also down to just, you know, the mood of Conte. And um, again, just to be very, very clear, I love what he's saying because he is calling out and putting Daniel Levy into a corner now where we are going to really see in the summer exactly what Tottenham's ambitions are. Because if Tottenham want to be a club that are serious and want to challenge ultimately for the biggest prize in the game, they're going to back Conte. If they are all about just trying to finish in the top four and do it on a budget, Conte won't be here. So, Rick, on that basis for you, um, sorry to put it to you like that, but, I mean, what do you think, Conte's comments, do you have a problem with them, or are you in the camp that he knows he's got the fans behind him, and therefore he can speak like this? Listen, the the one thing about Conte that he has done that no other manager has done is hold the board to account. Now, right now, he's playing poker where he can hold himself as a world-class manager and as the man to fix our problems and Harry Kane in his hands. Those are his chips. It's, he's now put it up to Daniel Levy to back him and to, you know, stop the chat. Don't just give me, oh, yeah, we tried, oh, yeah, but we put in a 30 million for Ronaldinho. He just didn't want to come. All of that palaver. He's not talking about that. He he wants action right now, right now. 
the difference between Poch and Conte, right, was that Poch, and you know, I, I, I love Poch, right, inside backwards, but Poch accepted the terms that were put before him by Daniel Levy. He accepted them. This is the budget. This is the age range. This is the type of players that we're going to go for. This is, this is the, all of these, and he accepted it. He went, okay, cool, I can work within that remit. Conte is not that guy. He's like, you work in my remit. If you want me, then you work in my remit. And it's exactly what this club needs, especially right now, especially right now to take us forward. So all he's doing is making sure that he's actually backed with action come the summer. And like everybody else has said, if they don't, then all right, cool. Then he can leave. Now, everybody that's worried about him leaving, I've said this on this show and I've said this on Chris's show before. Listen, it's wasted energy. It's wasted energy. It's a bit like Harry Kane. It's going to go at some point, isn't he? (laughs) It's a bit like Harry Kane. Harry Kane was always leaving. As soon as he started banging goals, every season he was leaving, leaving, leaving. So much so that there was a tweet tweet out yesterday where Man United, he's leaving. Look, while he's there, while he's wearing the shirt, we've got to back him. The only way that he stays longer than two, three years is if we as fans seduce him. If we keep giving him the love, if we can back the team, not only when they're winning, but when they're losing. Do you know what I mean? If we can do that and he can look up and be like, wow, I can actually be the architect of this. Wow, well, maybe I will stay for longer. You've got to remember that Pep was a two to three season manager himself before he got to Man City. And then we're not saying give Conte hundreds of millions and billions of pounds but make sure you put your hand in your pocket and get the players that he needs in the right positions when he when he needs them and for for what you want to achieve. Don't Absolutely. just talk like you want to run the r- win the league. Don't just talk like you want to win a cup. Show yep. me you want to win a cup. Show me you want to move forward. It's it's that. So we don't have to worry about whether he's staying or going. Stop yep. worrying about it. Let the media deal with that headline and that clickbait. Let them deal with that. Right now, us Tottenham fans, back him. Back what he said. Back his team decisions. Look what he's done to Davies. Look what he's done. To, he's done. He's, he's worked tremendous. He's worked wonders already. Mm. Do you yep. know what I mean? So let's just calm down. Stop wasting the energy on if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. Let me tell you, if he wins the league, he might leave. If we don't yep. back him, he might leave. At some point, he's going to leave. So love him, just don't be in love with him. But yep. on that point, though, for both Rickies, I love that, Rick. I would have took off my hat, but I haven't had a trim yet. But, <laughs> but both Rickies, you spoke about Man City, you spoke about Chelsea, like how happy their managers are. And Liverpool, look clock, how happy they are. The reason why those managers are happy, look at the resources they they yeah, have. Not their money, their squads. Yeah, they yeah. get the player they want. They yeah. go to their board, there's a relationship, they get it. Man United are in disarray. They've got managers that don't know what they're doing. And their squad is in disarray, just like we're in disarray. So right now, we have the best manager that is of that elite level going, yeah. give me what I need and we're there. We're yeah. right there because I'm that good. I can beat them. But I just need the right bits and bobs. Give me my bits and bobs. I think you're spot on. Listen, again, comments here replicate that. What we're going to do, uh, we will go for our final break of the show as Ricks uh, takes in all the love for him in the comments there from a real motivation. I was holding it. I was holding it in for so long, Ricks. <laughs> Ricks has released there the Conte motivational speech. Make sure everybody listening to that now ahead of Sunday. Believe me, they will be. We're going to go for our final break of the show. When we return, um, we're going to be squeezing in a West Ham preview for you. You're also going to hear, for our listeners on audio, um, a preview from a Corey from the West Ham way who gives us his thoughts ahead 
of this crucial London derby on Sunday. It's that time of the year again when we're, of course, playing Tottenham Hotspur at your ground in a game week where West Ham have probably had a lot more to concentrate on. I'm filming this and recording this, of course, before the game against Sevilla. As you'll know, West Ham did have a really positive result against Aston Villa last Sunday. And I think West Ham, from from your perspective, I think we've improved. I think we've improved regarding consistency of performances. I think whilst we lost to Liverpool, it was a good performance. West Ham should have got something from that. We were good against Wolves. We got the result. Good against Aston Villa. So let's be honest, I think West Ham, our form over the past two months or so, has been very inconsistent. Injuries, fatigue have all played a part, but it does feel like this team is, is trying to galvanise as much as it possibly can at a crucial end of the season. On your part, of course, you, you're a very inconsistent team. And I think going into it, it's almost like what, what Tottenham are West Ham going to be faced with? I think the outliers for me are the front three. Of course, Harry Kane, Son and Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky's really impressed me. I think you've got a fantastic buy in him and the dynamism of that front three, the movement that they can create, it feels a little bit more balanced. And it does beg the question, will West Ham have to possibly revert to a back three to go man for man against you? I think we could even look at maybe a 3-5-2. West Ham could match up Spurs with regard to your forward players, but could also look at your midfield and say with Benton Kerr and Huyberg, tactically, I think there's an opportunity there for West Ham to overload regularly. In terms of formation for us, I'm really not too sure. It was interesting to see a switch to play that that wing-back system against you, of course, in the Carabao Cup. And whilst we lost, I still thought we looked good. We competed, which was important. Again, in this game, I think, I think West Ham will go 4 2 3 1. I'll pluck for that. And it's so important for us, I think, to be aggressive in the midfield. Declan Rice and Suchek, as well as Manu Lanzini, that, that midfield three, I've got a real pivotal role to play. And, and I think you've seen it this season where there's a lot of pressure on Spurs' midfield too, to be quality in possession, to keep the ball well enough. But there has been times where I've watched you play and you've been overloaded regularly, and teams have used that tactic. And I would like West Ham to, of course, do the same. And I think Lanzini gives us that option, a player that will flip between playing as a, as a 10 and has proven that he's been good in terms of the transition and, and West Ham in the final third. But where I think West Ham fans really value him and what you may see on Sunday is his ability to drop deep. I feel he's press-proof. He gives us someone to play with. He's always available. And I think that dynamic and, and West Ham being able to try and, and I wouldn't say dominate the midfield, but be positive in possession will give us a real chance in this game. The big thing from, from both sides, really, I think, is the competition in wide areas. And like I said, if we go to a back four, I think we'll play Ben Johnson at right back. If Kroosov's fit, of course, he'll play left back. I think whilst your wing backs maybe have come under a bit of criticism, in particular, someone like Matt Doherty, I actually feel that... They are aggressive, at least in what Conte wants to do. West Ham cannot afford to be pulled out of position. And I think that back four, as organised as we are, needs to maintain that. And I think by you playing that 3-4-3, it may force some of our attacking wide players. You look at Ben Rama, you look at four nows. They will have to do more of a defensive job than I would expect them to do normally. So those are my thoughts just in terms of the key tactical battles for me. In terms of West Ham's formation and, and West Ham's side, like I say, 4-2-3-1. I think Fabianski in goal. I mean, I've got to be honest, it picks itself really with the amount of injuries we've got. Creswell at left back, Ben Johnson at right back, Zuma and Dawson as the two centre-backs, Rice and Thomas Suchek as your double pivot. I think Lanzini will play in the 10. I think, like I say, he's an important player for us now. I'd go Fornals on, on the right and I would go Ben Rama on the left. And I think that the striking option is really dependent on, on what you see against Sevilla. I'm not sure how fit Mikel Antonio is. Despite him... 
I would say leveling out his performances, and, and and by that I mean being better in winning his duels and and causing more of a threat. And I think West Ham have tried to focus his role within the team rather than purely focusing on him dropping deep, holding the ball, and carrying and beating players. I think we've managed to focus that. Irrespective, if Yarmolenko came in and, and he, we're looking at him as a genuine option at false nine, it, it's a different ball game. I think West Ham would have to be aggressive in terms of Ben Rama and Fournals carrying the ball. I think even Declan Rice would have to be a player who we know is very good in terms of progressive carries. I think offensively, he'll have to come to the fore as well to support Yarmolenko. And I feel that Yarmolenko, whilst he played really well, was really impressed with him against Aston Villa and offered something that I think a lot of West Ham fans really hadn't seen, to be honest, in probably the best part of the year and a year and a half. He was dropping deep. He was linking play very well. Again, a threat in the box. His touch, he's got technical quality with that left foot. West Ham have to be aggressive in other ways, and whether it's whether it's on the counter-attack or whether it's with West Ham getting on the ball. And there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of pressure with Yarmolenko up front on the attacking midfielders and the likes of Declan and Lanzini to carry the ball and to create chances. Because I feel that if you look at Romero, Against someone like Yarmolenko, I worry that's a little bit of a mismatch. I even look at Eric Dyer, to be honest, and think it, physically, if West Ham are going to play like we do to Antonio, I don't feel that it will work against those players. So I think West Ham will have to adapt to cause Spurs problems. But like I've seen under Conte, which has been surprising, I think he's, he's coached you to a level where there are positives. Definitely, I think against Manchester City, you were absolutely fantastic. Probably the, in terms of a team getting a performance against them, it was spot on. You look at Manchester United and the errors that are in your side. I think Eric Dyer stepping off. I look at set pieces as well. West Ham, of course, is strong from. So I think there are opportunities there for West Ham if we're aggressive and we're ambitious at times to to hurt Tottenham and to force them into errors. That's our game plan. That's what we need to do. Whether it will be with wing backs, whether it will be with a four two three one, I can't quite call it. But I've, I've gone with a four two three one purely because I think that's what David Moyes will do. Score prediction. Score prediction. Uh, I think it will. I think it'd be one all. I think it'd be one all. Of course, I'd love to win. And it isn't just West Ham Spurs. I think where we're at, if West Ham could get a win and fashion something, even with the injuries, it would be it would be huge. And I think equally for Tottenham, it's it's big for them to get a win. So it's a, it's a huge game, really. And it's come at a, a not a great time regarding fixture. But I am, I'm going to go one all. I think both teams will cancel each other out. I think there'll be errors. I think errors that West Ham could at least capitalise on from, from Tottenham's perspective. But I think Tottenham, particularly with Kane's form, Son, Kulisevsky, that front three, I think can cause us some issues, particularly if we're forced and we're trying to play slightly higher, like I say, and be a bit more positive on the ball. I think that could cause us issues. And and Kane dropping into that 10, again, I'm sure a lot of you will attest to, is a bit of a nightmare to deal with. But thank you, of course, for listening to this. I hope that's enough of a roundup on West Ham and some of the battles. I'm sure you listen to it on the rest of the podcast. I would say take care, but you know it's never that simple with West Ham versus Spurs or Spurs versus West Ham. And we'll find out what happens on Sunday. For Woods Rollins on YouTube, there's still 500 of you, 600 of you plus watching us live. Thank you so much for your incredible support as we approach midnight, which we are looking to, like I say, ensure we allow these guys to get some rest, of course. <laughs> End of tomorrow. Let's squeeze in West Ham, guys. Listen, massive London derby for all reasons now. Um, we have to say, firstly, West Ham are, themselves are holding a, a massive game for them. Um, of course, they're in the Europa Conference. Uh, Europe, nearly demoted them. I hope I can demote them. They're in the Europa League uh, to Seville. They've got a 1-0 deficit to turn around. Again, I just wonder, because there is that little bit more um, time for West Ham where... Well, say a little bit more time, and they've got to now obviously turn that around fairly more quickly. Tell to come round to you. Um, does that benefit Spurs just having that bit more 
24 hours on edge of West Ham coming Sunday? Depends what Spurs show up, I guess. I mean, look, in an ideal world, yeah, they'll go to extra time. They'll waste every minute they possibly can and it gives us some form of advantage, 100%. But look, I think it's one of those games, we've all seen it a million times before, form is out the window, it's a derby, they treat it like they're, you know, epitome game of life where they show up, you know, on paper, I think people get carried away, Bowen looks to be injured, I think Antonio is potentially also injured, I think he'll play, but like, you know, he's coming back from some form of injury, maybe a couple of others, so, you know, people are like, this is such good news, we've seen it, West Ham show up, that's what happens. All we yeah. can do is show up. You know, Absolutely that's what spot. we need to do, irrespective of what games I have tomorrow. Yeah, we've got more recovery time, but we need to turn up. We need to, you know, tell them that it's our house and get the points. You know, it's massive for top four. It's massive for pride. It's massive for everything. So, look, let's go for it. But I sincerely hope we do them because mm. we need oh, it. They won't, they won't let us hear the end of it. We don't, I tell you. Dale, coming over to you. Um, for West Ham, listen, we know we say it's their cup final, but I mean, they're generally always up for this game, like a cup final when they come to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We beat, obviously, them earlier in the year um, when Conte was, obviously, coming in on that arrival where we beat them, obviously, in the Carabao Cup, of course. Um, you, you do feel, though, for Spurs that if they are going to go on a run now, you know, of course, they got the win tonight, but West Ham's another big scalp to try now and get some form under their belt and break this win-loss, win-loss, win-loss cycle, right? Absolutely. And this is a, a, a real game of the, about the mentality of where we're at right now. Where is the mental stability? Where's the strength? Because Italian quite rightly said, uh, me and Ricky have spoke about a number of times, this is West Ham's favourite game. They live for this game. It is their cup final. Forget the game tomorrow. They're more concentrated on against us. They want to beat us more than anything else in the world. And they want to phone all of us in this pod. They want to be on our phone telling us, I'm like, shout out. So, but for the fans, Spurs, you need to show up. We need to show up. Because if we show up, we can beat them. We know this. But if we don't show up, it's an embarrassment to us. And I think that's why this game, I think out of the 10 we have left, this one here is pivotal, but what it does to the rest. If we win this game, I will stay live here. I believe the run is on top four is, is there. I would even say beat West Ham. I'll say we've got top four. I'll, I'll put my neck on the line. But Ooh. if we don't, Ooh, I see the wheels coming off consistently because we just fall back into our pattern. And you go, how do you break this? This is a massive Conte game as well. This is a game that Conte, as a player, as a manager, is ready for. So if the players match his fault, match his passion, if they play like he does on the touchline, we beat West Ham 2 You know, it's interesting there, as you say that, Dal. Um, Nicky on the screen there says, if we beat West Ham out of the nine games left, six against bottom half team. That's a really great stat. And I think, um, again, Rick's coming over to you, that emphasises just how crucial this West Ham game could be for Spurs to go on a run. I think we all agree probably what would be great for us is West Ham to be taken to extra time by Seville, which isn't out of the question. They've got to turn around a deficit, of course, uh, tomorrow evening in that Europa League tie. Um, Rick, how do you see this going against West Ham? Never easy. As Tal said, it, you know, it's a game they're always up for. What do you think? Again, it's a battle, mate. It's a battle, but I think what we need to do is that we need to treat it like a cup final. And, you know, because the... the, the um, the three points is on the line right now. It's a massive three points, not just for bragging rights, but for the position in the league. You know what I mean? If we really do want to go on this top four run, then this is a battle. 
And it's, 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 it's a test of character, this game, because those, those West Ham boys, regardless of how tired they are, they're going to come at us and they're going to want to score um, at, at, at the Tottenham Stadium. I was going to say White Hart Lane. <laughs> um, but they 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 want to. They can't wait. They can't wait to celebrate. They can't wait. You know. You know Antonio. Regardless if he's got one leg, he's going to be playing. And yeah. if he scores, then he's he's worked out a Macarena or something. Do you know? Just, what I mean? just so, like Anthony Costa. <laughs> Stop it. Just like Costa. Stop it. No, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. They're going to come for it, but we need to come for it. We need to look at it as a cup final. We've got ten <laughs> cup finals right now. Do you know what I mean? Coming ahead. But this well, is Os- Oswaldo says it on the screen, Rick, maybe best to call them quarterfinals. We don't do cup finals. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Let's call it that. Let's call it that. But, you know, we need to put this, uh, our, ourselves and, and our character and our want and our desires, we need to put them all on the line in this game and go for it. We need to dominate them at our house. We need to we need to have a, a not just a good performance but a great result you know what i mean yeah. like and it's going to be a battle it's not going to be over in 90 minutes you know it, it's going to go right to the wire i think yeah and and it's this one and the guna game that are massive 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 absolutely and, th- and then we've got a, then we've got an actual chance do you know what i mean so yeah, yeah like that was saying really important that we we get those three points and we could break this duck and then go on the run that we've all wanted for so long Oh, man, let's get predictions as we look to close the show. Let's go to Tal first. Tal, we're going to go for a massive game. No pressure. Ah, shit. Um, <laughs> Come on, Tal. I'll go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two Okay. Take 2-1 <laughs> And also, we'll throw a top... Also, we'll throw a top four question It's not going to be a big scoring game. No way. I, it's never that kind of game. It's like a... It's always a 2-0, a 1-0, 2 all Like, that... Or I see a draw. I see a one-all oh. vibe, unfortunately. But I'll go 2-1. I'll stick my two guns. Because fuck West Ham. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> 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 We've gone past the watershed. We'll allow that one. Let's go over to Hartford. Really Darren... I'm not well. Let me off. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you off that one. Darren, let's go I've with you. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going, to, I'm going for 2-0. I think two nil. the way the backs, where we're playing at the back, we look solid right now. They say solid. 2-0 Spurs. Amazing. Ricks, what are we going for? 3-1 Spurs, bro. Come on, Spurs. Spurs. I'm going for 2 I'm actually going for a clean sheet. Finally, final question. As Darren sparked it off, so we have to go for this now. Uh, top four, yes or no, Tal? Let's go around very quickly. Top, top four, can we still do it? Can we still do it? Yes. Is it likely to happen? Unsure. Okay. Fair and straight always from Tal. Rick, what are you going to say on top four? Can we still do it? Will we do it? Can we still? Yes. Will we do it? Unsure. <laughs> Unsure. I'm going to st- I'm going to stick with Dow. I'm, I'm I'm sticking on this side. Come Hartman, on, Dow. It's over to Dow to close this one. Dow. I'm disappointed four. in both of you. Disappointed. <laughs> can we finish top four? Of course we can. Will we finish top four? Yes, we will. Come on. Dow. Come mm. on. Mm. That's all the heart here for that kind of motivation. Mm. Dow, we have yeah, to ask. Yeah, we beat West Ham and Arsenal. Ask me again, and I'll yeah. be more optimistic. I'm waiting for you to call me and say, I'm backing you, Hartman. You're with me. Look, I'd love to wear a Doherty shirt at the end of the season. (laughs) Nothing would make me happier. Honestly. There were 700, 800 people watching this earlier. I worry for you that they are going to hold you to that. I'm I'm ready to be held accountable along with their hands and celebrate me. I'll do it. And the the thousands that listen to this tomorrow morning. No no pressure. Darren, what's in the diary, my friend? What's coming up in your world? Anything we should know about? What's on the radar? 
with that me my friend um i've got a play coming up i'm doing a play at um, riverside studios and i'm going to be invading the tv in every ad break so just keep watching them I'm, I'm just i'm just taking over the adverts we're loving it we're loving it fantastic ricks anything we should be keeping our eye out for I can't say anything as yet, bruv. As Darren knows, he knows about the pencil. So we've been penciled, but we've got to wait. That just means we've just got to wait a little bit longer. Pending. So, um, pending. yeah, pending, pending. Those NDA so, pencils, I know, bruv. Oh, I know, NDA bro, pencils. bro, you know. Um, so, yeah, but I can't say anything as yet. We'll see if it turns into a pen, and then I'll let everybody know. But, yes, uh, you can find me, Ricky J. Norwood, on Twitter and official Ricky Norwood on Insta. And, uh, yeah, show the love. Amazing. Well, listen, comments have been unreal tonight. And also, lovely to have the wonderful Talia Corrin back with us. Talia, bless her, fighting illness as well. Hasn't she been amazing? Uh, Tal, where can we find you? Where can everybody find your insightful opinions? Tweet me, Talia Corrin underscore. And that's probably it. I always say I'm not going to reply anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're lucky if you get a reply. Me, guys. I'm just not very just, good at my phone, okay? Just not with Doherty. Just don't give her any, any Doherty chat, all right? Just, no, bring it, to... bring it. I'm here. I'm going to get better. Do you know what? Tweet me. I'm going to reply. What, how, how did you feel, Tal, when you saw that Doherty picture at, on Maradona's body? Did you see that? I saw it. <laughs> it wasn't that that didn't even annoy me it was the fact that so many people were tweeting me being like yeah. what are you going to say anything nice about Matt Doherty what do you think about Matt Doherty everything all my mentions were just oh, Matt I, I did worry Tal at one point we had a we had about 100 people message me like, oh, is, is, is Tally on for the uh, Leeds game for the Doherty review <laughs> we can tell you listen if Doherty scores the goal against Tottenham top four Tally is doing it by herself he's hosting the show <laughs> So I think yeah. that is the uh, that is the best way to close it. Thank you so much for all the incredible support. So, so much love in the chat for all these guys. So let's say um, from Tao, from Ricks, from Darren, from me, guys, keep safe, keep well. We're back with you for instant reaction, hopefully to Tottenham beating West Ham in the London derby <laughs> on Sunday. And as always, come on you Spurs. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.